Welcome to the Godmother Podcast. I'm Lisa Bevere, and I believe that every woman not only needs a godmother, but that she can be one. That is a godmother. You're thinking, what is that? Are we talking a fairy godmother? Are we talking about a mafia godmother? No, I'm actually talking about someone in our life who watches over us, someone who comes alongside us to transform our seasons of hardship, our seasons of trial into a triumph. And I can't think of another person that I have personally been able to watch do this than my dear friend and Pastor Alex Seely. I just want to brag on our moment. Pastor Alex is one of the most extraordinary individuals. She has seen God open incredibly, incredibly unusual doors. I have known her for, gosh, I I want to say since 08 or 09, so a long time. She was born and raised in Australia. You're going to hear this magnificent accent. She is the lead pastor at a church there for 20 years. And then her family just really felt to leave everything they'd known, everything that was familiar. They won a lottery, which is crazy, relocated to Nashville in 2012. And now Alex and her pastor, husband, worship leader, recorder of incredible anointed music, Henry and her, they co-pastor the Belonging Company. And it started, now this is beautiful, it started in their basement. They had an incredible heart to see people who were worship leaders, who were always ministering on the weekends and never being ministered to. They saw a need and they wanted to meet it. And so they gathered in their basement. And now it is an an amazing church whose worship is known all around the world called the Belonging Company. And they're senior pastors of the Belonging Company. And they have two magnificent children who I have gotten to hug and see, both Holly and Taylor. And not only is Alex all of that, but she is also an author. She has taken the time to scribe journeys, to take what she has learned in the secret place and at the hard place. And she has written both the books, The Opposite Life and Taylor Made. So I love you, Alex. I know you know that. Welcome to the Godmother podcast. Oh my goodness, what an introduction. I could say all of that and more. I am so, so honoured um, to be here with you, Lisa. You are affectionately my godmother and have been. And so this is so awesome that we get to do this today. Well, you and I are, are special friends and, you know, I, I just can't wait to, I, I probably everybody knows you, but in case they don't, I, I, I want them to know you. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out slow. You and I are both Italians. Uh, people yeah. need to know that. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, uh, what is your favorite food? Because that is important for people to know. It is important for people to know that I love Thai food. I love Thai cuisine. And so a good green chicken curry is my go-to. I yeah. love it. I love that you love Thai food because Thai is my absolute favorite Asian food. Okay. Mm-hmm. One other easy question before we launch into the next coffee or tea or both? Both. I do coffee in the morning and then I normally, because I drink so much coffee, I have to temper it with tea in the afternoon and evening. And then I go for chamomile tea in the evening. 
Twinning, exactly. I do I do a chamomile lavender. So I, I kind of stop drinking coffee around 10 a.m. and I move into the jasmine green tea. Then I move into the herbal tea as my day goes on. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to just ask you uh, to share with us a couple things that you wish that you could have told your younger self. So I, I want, uh, now are you 40 yet? I'm 47. I turned what? 47 on Monday. See, see, I'm so confused <laughs> because I knew it was your birthday, but in my mind, you're eternally young. I wish, yeah. Okay, 47. Hallelujah. So uh, I was wondering if I could have birthed you. I probably physically could have, but it would have been completely illegal. All right. So, uh, all right. So let's let's go from the forty-seven year old Alex Seely, and let's talk to the twenty-two year old. What would you say to your twenty-two year old self? I would have said, "Calm down." I would have said, um, "You don't need to be in a rush." And God has got every single detail worked out so you don't have to strive. I, I was such a striver at 22. I thought I had to achieve everything God had spoken to me about in like a two-year span. And so if I wish I could go back and tell myself to calm down. <laughs> Okay, so now I love that you're saying that. I want I want to push a little further on that. What do you think you missed in that season because you were striving and, and you had put so much pressure on yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm, I missed so much of um, my family life, number one, because I was so driven. Like, and I was single at 22, so I, I still hadn't, you know, found Henry and... We, we weren't even thinking about getting married, but I was so driven. I started in ministry when I was 21 years of age, like a full-time vocational ministry. And for some reason, I just felt like I had to conquer everything. Like I had to just strive to do. So I feel like I missed out on quality friendships. I missed out on a lot of family situations, but then I missed tending to the internal component of who I was. Wow. I, instead, I was focused on what was externally happening around me. Wow. You know, okay, so now you just now you just went somewhere else. So we've got young girls listening. I know that so many young girls look to you as that advisor. What would tending to your internal component look like in that season? Yeah, I think it was looking within and I think I mean obviously this comes with age but honestly if the, the girls that are listening are around that age and even around 24 25 26 I reckon between 21 and 30 is such a vital season that I think we've neglected to look internally because what we're doing is we're wanting to do everything that looks good on the outside but we're not dealing with our character we're not dealing with the wounds of our childhood. We're not becoming potential great wives and mothers. Mm. We're wanting to be influencers and we're wanting to look good and we're wanting to be famous for some, not all. Uh, we're wanting to be known for what we're doing and yet we've lost sight of who we're becoming. We've, we don't understand how to nurture the secret place unless there's a crisis 
and we're not really students of the word mm -hmm. in the secret place and mm -hmm. and I think it only ever comes in crisis and I think if I had just learned how to tend to the anger at a young age or the insecurity at a young age and learn to just step back and allow God to pastor me and shepherd me through those years instead of just literally being like a hamster on a little wheel, just running and running and running and not really getting anywhere. And then it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I felt a crash and burn and realised, oh, I've actually got to do the work internally because I've got nothing to say if it's just all external. Okay, I, I totally love everything you're saying. You know, I heard a leader say this years ago. They said, what you do not deal with in your late 20s will come back and deal with you in your 50s. And I, I know. So that like put the fear of God in me. I, I know, uh, Alex, when I was in my late 20s, I, uh, I prayed that prayer. I know you and I had the opportunity to minister together, but I prayed the prayer and I asked God to excavate my life. And I was like, then two weeks later, I was like, wait, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to say excavate. I meant to say accessorize and landscape, but, but not even knowing, uh, I, I, to, to be honest with you in my late twenties, I wasn't, I wasn't in a position to actually think that I had stuff that needed to be dealt with. I, I was kind of like, hey, let's just make that way. Let's just make a road path for me. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, want, I, want, uh, I want to actually highlight a couple of things that you've just said. So it's not just an American mindset, because you're an Australian, uh, that we have to perform. And I always, uh, I always say this, and, and I'm being funny, but I'm actually serious. You know, when John met me, I had a suntan and a six pack and not a beer, not a beer, but I was buff. And he, he thought, okay, maybe she's godly when I wasn't, I, I, you know, I wanted to be, maybe she's good with money wrong. I had run up a credit card. Maybe she'll be a great mother. Nope. Did not come equipped with any of that. But the truth is, I think that our culture rewards appearance and achievement. And God does not look at appearance and achievement. He looks at the heart. And so if there's anybody out there that is wondering, gosh, you know, Alex and Lisa, that sounds really good in theory, but I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to pull back and take care of this. What would you say to them? Well, you don't really have an option um, because... It just like eating um, what you put in your body, you know, you can say, well, I don't have time to prepare meals, but actually you can still eat healthy by not even preparing it. You can go to places that cook healthy for you. You can choose to put junk food in because you don't have time or you can choose the right places to get that source of nourishment from. The same with our internal. It's not that you've got to shift and change your whole lifestyle they're actually just little pivots that we have to, to lean into to actually take the time. And it doesn't take a lot. It takes focus and intentionality to actually position ourselves 
to glean and learn. And so when I actually got hold of this, this is where what I would do is I would position myself around other women who were fruitful or I would watch people listen, read. Um, I mean, we are the most educated and the most, we've got access to everything. I mean, you can be discipled on your commute to work through a podcast in your ears. We really have no excuses. But the difference is we have to apply what has been said and not just listen. And I feel like a lot of us are going with these things. We're hearing the right messages. We're hearing the right things. But when God is actually putting the rubber that hits the road in our lives to do the thing he's asking us to do, we're not doing it. And then we're, we're just trying to get by by looking the part but we're falling to pieces when a crisis comes. And God's wanting to prepare us every single day if we allow him to. He's speaking every day. You know, and, and I want to underscore that, you know, God wants to speak to you. If you're listening and you're feeling like this, wait a minute, I have such a sense that this is God speaking to me through what Alex is saying, through what Lisa is saying. See, God wants to speak to you more than you want to hear from him. He'll speak to you through podcasts. He'll speak to you through creation. He'll speak to you absolutely through the word. He'll speak to you through sermons. He'll speak to you through your children. God is always speaking. But when we are so busy listening for what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear, we we actually miss opportunities to grow. You know, I... um. I love what you're saying, Alex, about the opportunity to hear. We we have a culture that sometimes is surprised that God actually wants to speak to us. Yeah. That they, you know, there are those that think the canons are closed, so He's not speaking. Well, the canons are closed. There's not going to be addition to the scriptures, but that does not mean that God will not speak by his Holy Spirit and through everything he has made to confirm what the scriptures are saying and bring bring forth the spirit of the scripture rather than just the letter of the scripture. Alex, you and I both had something in common early on. You had an eating disorder. I had an eating disorder from the time I was 15 until the time I was 22. Uh, what was your range on that? Yeah, I started the inklings of it and the beginnings of it at around 11 and I wouldn't have had known what it was around right. 11 but I had very distorted body image and I started the feelings of uh, trying to perfect that at around 11. It kind of heightened at 13 and um, I got set free of that when I was 31. Wow, wow, yeah. that is a long time. Okay, so can you tell me how you said the inklings what 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 uh opened a door for that kind of distortion at 11 i mean i'm thinking my grandson right now is 10 my granddaughter's getting ready to turn uh 10 next year that you're talking about a year just a yes. year older so yeah. what what brought that in yeah it was first of all i again i couldn't articulate it back then but i had a real sense of rejection on me i felt rejected from a very very young age in my family because mm -hmm. my mother had always called me not in a mean way but she'd always uh labeled me the mistake 
the one that wasn't meant to be here. So I, I was already in the disposition of feeling rejected. And then what was celebrated, whether it was unspoken or spoken, was your appearance. And um, so at a very young age, my mother, unbeknown to her, she was sure. instilling a value to me that being petite was beautiful. Um, and if you were large, then it wasn't as pretty and it wasn't as desirable. Then my grandmother would confirm that over and over again. And um, so it started, well, if that means beautiful and if that means pleasurable and desirable, then that's something I want to attain to. So I better make sure that I'm not eating too much and I, I still stay little and, and I've always been little. Um, but what then happened was because there was a lot of physical and verbal abuse growing up, it just reaffirmed yeah. my ugliness. I felt very ugly. And then what happened was as the teen years grew, I would get affirmed for being petite. So all my validation came from, look how beautiful you look in that. Oh, you're so petite. You're so skinny. You're so... So the, the starving that I got of lack of affirmation of you're a wonderful person, you know, I love you because you're my daughter or whatever, because I wasn't getting that, I, I, I began to become addicted to the verbal affirmation of my appearance and that's then what fueled the need and the control uh, to, to remain like that. It was like, oh, then I cannot move from, and I used to have the number, you know, like I would be like, if I don't move from that number, you know, I, I know that you guys don't do kilograms, but, you know, <laughs> my, my highest goal was 45 kilograms, which I think is about 90, 92 pounds or something like that. Wait, and you're, you're tall. Yeah, I'm five foot six and a half. And so I remember I would always stay around the 110 mark. And But if I could get lower than like 110 pounds, if I could get lower than that, then that, that, that deemed perfection to me. But I did get down to 90 pounds at one stage and it was not pretty. And But I thought it was beautiful. I thought the skinnier you are, the more perfect you are. And so it was quite a demonic uh stronghold over my life. You know, um, Alex, I am also five foot six and a half and my goal weight or the weight I got down to was 103. But I remember my goal weight being the goal weight of the last time I felt comfortable in my body. So here's the thing. I want every young woman or actually to be honest with you i shouldn't say young women because eating yeah. disorders yeah. they they are not uh, subject to age but every woman who actually thinks that she is what she weighs that her value and again yes it, it it's great to feel affirmation but we don't want you skinny and weak yeah. we want you strong and free so alex what was the turning point at 31 where where was that shift what happened yeah, I had a 16-month-old baby. Um, I had just started a new, we had just planted a church with our senior pastors in Australia. And I remember the struggle for me was I could not get past this block. Like it was a hidden thing in my life. My husband was obviously very aware of it, even though I would not talk about it with him. 
he's not dumb, obviously. Um, he caught me in my lies and caught me in my deceit of just always, you know, making excuses about why I did things. You know, I always put it under the guise of just being healthy. Um, I'm fasting. We need to really be careful with that, girls and guys, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. when we're spiritually fasting but you're actually setting a goal of by the end of that fast, I'm going to look amazing. Well, if that's I, a diet. That's called a yeah, diet. It's a diet <laughs> because we need to be fasting and praying, not focusing on our, on our body weight. But um, the turning point for me, I'll never forget it. I was in a meeting and I, I wanted more authority in the spirit and I wanted to take people to freedom because that's really what I'm passionate about. I, I mm -hmm. so am passionate about seeing women free in the name in, and men. In the yeah, name. I was going to say you, you have yeah. become such a, a declarer of freedom to both male and yeah. female. You pastor a church that is filled with men and women, yeah. sons and daughters. Yes, and so that is my pure passion. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Alex, you will only ever take people to the freedom that you're willing to go to yourself. Wow. Can you say that one more time, please? Yeah. The Lord said to me, you will only take people to freedom, to the level of freedom you are at yourself. Right. And so you cannot take people to a level of true freedom if you are not free yourself. Absolutely. You don't have authority over it. So mm -hmm. Jesus had to defeat the cross in order to have full authority over the enemy. If he had just gone to Calvary but not gone through the whole death process and resurrection, he wouldn't have had full authority. Mm -hmm. He had to be in complete obedience to the Father and surrender his will and say, not my will but yours. And and what I realized is that Jesus was my saviour up until that point, but he was not completely my Lord. And I felt the Lord say to me, you think that I'm your Lord, but you have lordship over your body and your mind in this area. I do not have lordship over it. So until I have full lordship over your body, mind, soul and spirit, I, I cannot give you another level. Mm -hmm. And he said, and if you do not deal with this in your own life, you will pass it down to your daughter. Yes. Every generation gets stronger. And what I didn't realize at that time that my grandmother struggled with this. Yes. I have several relatives who struggle with this. And, and it was getting stronger with me. And I remember thinking about my daughter and I just went, I cannot put this horrible torment onto her and I remember that moment I repented before all the staff of our church and it was the breakthrough the beginning of the breakthrough because I made what was secret and what was full of shame public and the enemy has no power when you bring that which is in secret into the light and then a few months later I remember getting prayer for full deliverance and I remember it felt like a veil, a literal chiffon veil behind my eyes. I can't, it's hard to articulate, but I remember when I finally repented because I'd made friends with this um, and become my friend. Well, we call, we call it a counselor. We let it counsel us instead of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's a very good way to put it because that those words used to speak louder. I could be having a conversation with someone and what was 
spoken by the person was being uh, put under the words of, now when you go home, make sure you only eat this amount because tomorrow you're going to have to wear those jeans and you have to look good in those jeans. That was speaking louder to me than what the person was saying. And so when I finally repented and surrendered my will and said, God, it doesn't matter what size I am, what I look like, as long as I'm free, I give my life to you completely. Be my Lord. I'm telling you, this veil felt like someone had pulled it out of my head from behind my eye socket and I felt this thing lift and that night I remember having a shower and I looked at myself for the first time in the mirror and I saw the bones protruding of my pelvic bones, my rib cage, my spine was protruding and for the first time I felt like my eyes were unveiled and I saw the reality of my body and it shocked the jeebus out of me. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I want to just pause a moment because there there are people out there that they may be wrestling with the same thing, and maybe they actually aren't wrestling with an eating disorder, but it's another area of their life where they are not under the lordship. They are not under authority, having authority. You know, Alex, I, I believe the lie that I couldn't trust God with this area of my life, that that he did not care about those things, that that was carnal and therefore something that he would not get involved with, that I could not trust him with, that he would, he would betray me, he would let me get fat because I was a Christian and I shouldn't care about this kind of thing. And I remember distinctly my breaking point was when I was 22 and God said, everything, everything that has any sway on you is important to me. Every concern, every care. And he said, I'm the one who made you. Not shape, not vogue, not glamour, not some health magazine. I am the one who fashioned you. And and this is going to sound crazy to people, but God gave me a number. He actually yeah. gave, because my image was so distorted, and just like you, I could not see myself the way I really was. Uh, I saw myself through the image of a lie. I, I listened to a tyrant that was never, ever pleased. Alex, it didn't matter how thin I got or how much I worked out or how little I ate. That voice in my head said, it is never enough. You will never yep. be good enough. You will never be thin enough. You will never be pretty enough. Now you're going to be old. And I remember God said, this is what you should weigh. And it was a number I'd never been. And he yeah. said, put away your scales, put away the diet. I'm going to have you go on a fast. And he put me on a three-day fast, well, juice fast. And he actually said, a diet changes the way you look, but a fast changes the way you see. And you're out there right now. And maybe wow. you think God doesn't want to be involved in an area of bondage. Maybe it's a bondage that isn't eating, eating disorder. Maybe you're addicted to pornography, or maybe you're uh, drinking excessively, you're medicating your pain, and you, you don't understand why there isn't a greater authority on your life. See, God actually puts us in situations to face off with certain obstacles, rise above them, and then we have authority in the spirit 
over those areas. So Alex, I want to know, I, again, I love what you did with, it was very much a wake up call for me. Um, I remember God saying when it dealt with my bondages, because I went from having an eating disorder, then, you know, of course there's, then God goes after the root. Uh, then I realized that I had a heart of unbelief that I believe that God was good for everybody, but not for me. And he said, these fears you're seeing in your son are the undealt with issues in your own life. And he said the same thing to me. He said, it will grow stronger every generation. And he said, Lisa, your children will either be positioned to inherit your fears or my promises. So Alex, um, I want, I want you, cause I, you and I have a passion to see freedom, freedom. Yeah. And yeah. And because we've known bondage and we have found yep. Jesus, the liberator. And because we yep. have known the counselor that lies, we have leaned into the Holy yep. spirit who exposes lies. I, I'd love yep. you to just seize this moment and pray for the people that would be listening right now yeah. to lies yeah. who are yeah. under the oppression, who need to rise into a position of authority. Amen. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. For those of you listening right now, I just bring every single daughter and son before the king of kings right now who has power and authority to break every stronghold, to break everything that holds you bound in the name of Jesus. And we just position ourselves, Lord, those of us that are willing, we choose right now to surrender our will to yours. Yes. And we command every lie, every stronghold that we have made an agreement with, that we choose today to come out of agreement with the lie. Mm -hmm. If it does not line up with your word, we know it is a lie. So, Mm -hmm. Father, every lie that has been um, swirling around their minds and their hearts, causing them to live in bondage and torment, We command it to be put under the cross and that you, Jesus, you broke every chain. You commanded it to be finished when you got on the cross. Mm -hmm. So, Father, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's a letting go of something, whether it's coming into alignment with your truth, we submit to your ways because we know that your ways make a way for us to change. God, you called us to be free and you said it is for freedom that Christ came to set us free. So why would we want to bind ourselves up with bondage again? Because you caused us to be free and the word says that whom the son sets free is free indeed. So whether it is addiction, whether it is um, a, a stronghold of any sort you are stronger than anything that the enemy has tried to throw at us and i just pray right now that every person that needs to forgive their parents their leaders their spouses their siblings you know where the root is and i just pray holy spirit that you would reveal that root and that we would ask you now holy spirit to take that root and uproot it out of our lives so that we can walk in true freedom by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we command everything to come and bow its knee and for the sons and daughters of God to be free in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, so if you have prayed that prayer, I want you to know that there will be an action. And, you know, Alex talked about how she actually went before everybody and said, hey, this is something this is something I've hidden. We're going to charge you to bring it to a light. Now, we're not asking you to put it out there on social media. We're asking you to go to somebody who will stand alongside you in strength, in prayer, that you would walk in freedom and you would actually have actions to move forward. So Alex, I uh, we're almost out of time. I want to do something. I want people to know how they can stay connected with you. Uh, yeah. What are the ways? I'm on Instagram. It's just Alex Seely. And that's S-E-E-L-Y. E-Y. E-Y. Sorry, one more E. Three E's. Yes, lots of E's. Alex Seely. um, You can go to the Belonging Co. Uh, So if you just do the belonging.co, you will be able to get on our church's website. There's lots of my podcasts there and preaching there. Um, I have my own website, alexseely.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well and Facebook, so you can find out where I'm speaking. Um, but um, and most- they can watch the services, which yeah. I would really challenge. You know, we actually yeah. watch the belonging because we find that there is such a beautiful presence. Just as you would have sensed, Alex ministering, that is what happens there. Well, I'm going to just say this. We believe that Alex has a voice that you need in your life. And Godmothers will always serve to connect you with God the Father. So Alex, yeah. I want to just say thank you for joining me today. And I love you. And I believe this is just the beginning of everything that God has on your life in Jesus' name. Thank Thank you, Lisa. I adore you and thank you for having me today. It's been an absolute honor and privilege. Well, I hope you enjoyed my Italian sister, Alex Seely. I I love her fire. I love her passion. Her and her husband, Henry, they're building a magnificent body of believers, not just in Nashville, but globally. And I have just been so excited to watch that journey unfold. I want to thank you for tuning in to this actually season one. This is the close of season one, but this is not the end of the Godmothers podcast. We have a season two coming up and we are so excited. We want you to journey with us. And you think, how can I do that? Well, you can subscribe. You can give us feedback. We want to hear what you are looking for us to discuss. We've got some amazing guests that are going to be part of season two. So you don't want to miss out. I also want you to know the Godmother's book, it's out there. It's out there wherever books are sold, so we can journey in that way as well. I want you to know that until next time, I am so honored and I am so privileged to have done this season of Godmother with you. I believe that God is in the process of closing the generational gaps that both the goddaughters and the godmothers are going to grow up in strength together. But until next time, this is your podcast godmother, Lisa Bevere. Thanks for listening to the Godmother Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including Conversations with John and Lisa, the Messenger Podcast, and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. 
You can connect with Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and through her website at lisabevere.com. Until next time.